One of the most vital concepts you'll ever need to understand is that of decision-making. Information to make decisions is what drives your whole life. And if someone can manipulate you with information or the withholding of it, they can determine the very course of your life. On this premiere episode, Leon Fontaine takes an in-depth look at how censorship is being used to manipulate the public and offers a solution everyone can start doing today. Liberals, conservatives, left, right, and everyone in between, human beings everywhere should be concerned about the amount of information that is constantly being monitored and filtered to influence your life. As the old adage says, you don't know what you don't know. What makes a country great? Not famous, not the highest GDP or the strongest army, but great. And I'm not referring to someone's political slogan. I mean really great. A thriving society where people feel safe, have the opportunity to chase their dreams. A place where people care enough to make wise choices that produce wealth, growth, health, life. As a country, we've been through a pressure test this past year or so. And every single decision we make as a nation right now will determine how we come out of this. And we can't make wise choices if we don't have all the information. You owe it to yourself to watch this today. Years ago, I had the honor of chatting with homicide detective and author J. Warner Wallace. I threw him a scenario. If a person was murdered at a party and good, solid evidence was found like DNA on a door handle, fingerprints on a murder weapon, and a couple of friends saying these two guys didn't get along, is it possible to actually convict the wrong guy? Or is that just in the movies? His response, I mean, decades of police work under his belt, absolutely. He said it happens all the time when detectives don't do the work necessary. You see, only part of the evidence is not the whole truth. And the parts that are missing are crucial. Now, you might be saying, I don't really care about some detective being inadequate or whatever, Leon. I think you'd care a great deal if your son or daughter attended that party. I think if a doctor said, we think it's cancer, we're not totally sure, but pretty sure. I know in seconds, you'd be at home researching every possible avenue for correct diagnosis and treatment. And no doctor is going to say they're 100% sure. That is why in medicine, a second opinion has long been considered optimal. Humans instinctively hunt for information because we want to make the best choice possible. In the USA alone, 94% of all searches happen on a Google property. Most people aren't aware that results are systematically tailored to exclude pages containing right-leaning buzzwords, certain names, or specific content. One study estimates that average household users will only ever see 1% of what the vast internet actually contains. What kinds of data, opinions, and content are we being led not to see, and why? 
editor-in-chief of Psychology Today testified before Senate stating, the methods they are using are invisible and subliminal. They're more powerful than any other effects I've seen in the behavioral sciences. Information is being withheld. There is manipulation of information going on in so many areas. Plain and simple, stay tuned and I'll lay out evidence and you can always do your own research on this. But let's not get lost in the data. You are part of the solution. You and millions of people like you are what makes Canada great. Edmund Burke put it this way, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. History shows us that countries built on Judeo-Christian values one way or another have stood the test of time. I'm thinking of Britain, Canada, United States, Australia, and there are many others. These democratic societies were born out of a desire to govern with a general interpretation of morality and values. Their goal was to create a free society with opportunity for all. History is very clear and shows the documents that our forefathers worked so hard to develop in hopes that future generations could use it as blueprints for building a great nation. Nowadays, censorship can be such a dirty word. It's been twisted into all sorts of philosophical discussions and often gets tangled with terms like right to privacy and protection of those most vulnerable. So I want to clarify what I'm referring to today and always encourage you to watch the show in its entirety rather than taking a small clip out of context. When I use the word censorship today, I'm referring to the withholding of vital information to let adults make wise decisions. I'm not talking about how much skin should be seen on a billboard downtown or about how much violence should be shown in a news story describing acts of war. I spent years working as a paramedic. I'm still aware that the world can be very ugly and there is absolutely no doubt I want to raise my grandkids in a society that protects them from seeing porn online or things like that. So let's be clear on what we're talking about and not talking about. The censorship I'm referring to is the controlling of the narrative to such a degree that most people cannot make an informed choice. Censorship in this specific context is evil. At its best, it reeks of injustice. At its worst, coercion. Potter Stewart, a former military man, lawyer, and Supreme Court judge, explained it like this. Censorship reflects society's lack of confidence in itself. It is a hallmark of an authoritarian regime. Whoa. In other words, those in charge rob you of making the decision for yourself because they don't trust you to make the right one or the one they want. Think of it this way. A half-truth is still a lie. The withholding of information is deception and a slippery slope. Censorship kills. Censorship destroys a free society. May 2021, Facebook openly states they consider themselves part of the solution to get President Biden to his Independence Day goal 
70% of American adults receiving one COVID shot, and 160 million Americans being fully vaccinated. Facebook touts improving access to information about vaccines as their means. But just a few weeks later, an employee came forward to shed light on how far those statements actually go. And you can look this up for yourself. They're flagging and monitoring anything relating to vaccine hesitancy, including personal factual accounts. And I quote, content describing individual or personal stories of extreme safety risk or health harms that may undermine or discourage vaccination. Yes, this is really happening. The Canadian Bill of Rights very clearly gives us the freedom of assembly. It would be next to impossible to censor people's conversations in and around the community. But during the pandemic, most of us could only get together digitally. One stat says 19 million Canadians use Facebook. Suddenly, controlling what people see and hear just got a lot easier. I think we like to think of ourselves as free. If we are, then it's really time for us to wake up and do something with that freedom. Claim it, use it, teach our kids to value it. Canadians used to love to debate good ideas. We have long been known for our politeness and mild-mannered deliberation. What happened? Nowadays, it's nearly impossible to have an honest, open conversation about any topic of substance. It's instant mudslinging. A person can be ridiculed, written off as an extremist, canceled, and silenced overnight. Why? What is it that everyone is so afraid of? We don't want to be offended. We don't want to hear truth. Because if we hear from both sides, we would be forced to make up our own minds. Conservative right-wing media in Canada has been smeared by politicians. They've been ticketed, sued, removed from YouTube, banned from utilizing PayPal, and other things. If you think this isn't happening in our country, go ahead and look into this yourself. It's clear there's information that is being withheld in the narrative you're getting. This withholding of information makes us think another course of action may be better, or why would they hide it? When we are only getting half the story, or pertinent truths are being left out, or we're only seeing some of the evidence, we're being manipulated. Where does this desperate sense of need to control come from? Well, plain and simple, it's fear. Fear that they'll lose popularity. Fear their mistakes will be exposed. Fear that you'll distrust them. Fear of losing their power. Big government, big tech, or mainstream media. Laurie House Anderson put it this way, censorship is the child of fear and the father of ignorance. In the last few years, there have been numerous calls for government to step in and curb alleged rogue censorship, mostly online recently with Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube being named. The people are asking for the government to do something. This is like a child whining to their parent. If we want big tech to be cleaned up, some sort of checks and balances put in place, free market competition is the only true way to accomplish this. 
make these companies self-regulate to keep users? The answer to over-regulation is not more government regulation. We cannot ask the government to stop doing something we're empowering them to do. Canada needs to return to an earlier set of blueprints. A robust, thriving nation where equal opportunity reigned and freedom of thought gave birth to brilliant new ideas, innovative industries, and where multiculturalism is a point of pride. A country where our society's vulnerable were safe and cared for, and those appointed the public office made real, honest efforts to right the wrongs of the past and build strength into future generations. Where the people were given the opportunity to solve problems and create brilliant solutions. Some people call it free enterprise. The best term I can find for this is compassionate capitalism. What we have right now is some kind of post-democratic, censored, socialist, split-pea soup of government overreach. Our freedoms have slowly been eroded for decades, and most of us didn't notice, didn't care, or didn't know what to do about it. So we just kept living, hoping Canada would still work hoping we could forever enjoy our freedom, hoping that the right people who knew what to do would come in and fix things. Well, I'm going to say something that's unpopular, but you need to hear it. It'll take years to turn around what poor leadership and corrupt leadership have done to this country. It's time for you, a concerned citizen of Canada, to take action. You are intelligent. Don't let the government imply otherwise. Any fool can make something shallow sound complicated and impossible to question. True brilliance is the ability to take the complex and help people comprehend it. It doesn't matter what party you usually vote for or where you stand on climate change. No one wants to be censored. No one is in favor of not being able to share their ideas simply because they aren't socially or politically trendy. So what is the antidote for this kind of censorship? Communication. We used to thrive on it. This is how wars were won. This is how businesses succeed. What do you think Martin Luther King Jr. was doing? Communicating. He was communicating enough is enough. People have value. I have a dream. Communicating ideas, even ones that go against the grain, need to be shared. We need to be in constant, open, honest dialogue. And maybe just maybe we'll get a sense of how freedom used to feel. Freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, freedom of information, freedom of speech. So where exactly is the modern-day soapbox on the corner? It's online, social media. This is the new public square. We need to get communicating with one another. We need to welcome all the information into the conversation so each of us can make our own informed decision about issues that affect our health, our livelihoods, our children, and everything else. These are not just my whimsical thoughts. Communication has been key 
since the beginning of the human race. The free exchange of ideas is the only way progress really develops. When countries are run in a linear, stagnant, domineering manner, they eventually die out. Entities that know their argument cannot stand the test of public debate, don't want it. They use other techniques to silence opposition. That might entail calling them conspiracy theorists, discrediting their acumen, or using cancel culture to change public opinion. If they cannot silence them entirely, they will at least ensure they have no influence. Canadian psychologist Jordan B. Peterson, who has long been known for his YouTube lectures and podcast, was in the crosshairs of cancel culture in 2016 regarding the refusal to use, quote, made-up pronouns in a discord about gender identity. After immense public pressure to drop him, his publishers eventually sided with Peterson, and his most recent books have been bestsellers. Ultimately, Jordan Peterson never apologized for his opinions on this or on any matter and can still be seen online. Cancel culture didn't exactly win. Cancel culture is the new household term for influencers being blacklisted. Conservative commentator Candace Owens is suing Facebook for personal defamation and squashing the ability to monetize after her profile was flagged. She went on record to say, it is time to fact check the fact checkers, and I'm sick of the censorship. In a separate but related incident, as an African-American woman, she really ruffled feathers by frequently commenting that George Floyd had a long rap sheet and his death should be looked at more objectively. Left-wing host of HBO's Real Time, Bill Maher is no stranger to being canceled. His comments have gotten him in hot water many times. He is well known for poking fun at conservatives and Republicans, but in the last few months has used many monologues to criticize the woke left and cancel culture. Cancel culture is real, it's insane, and it's growing exponentially, and it's coming to a neighborhood near you. If you think it's just for celebrities, no. In an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. Cancel culture is used to push an ideology, not just in the USA, but in Canada as well. It deems true diversity of thought as sinister, and it reinforces a narrative wherein the voice of opposition is always wrong and needs to be swiftly dealt with. It's sort of hard to wrap our minds around this. It seems too outrageous to be taking place in a free society, but repeatedly, just in the last 15 months alone, brave men and women who ask questions or say anything different than the government narrative are silenced, sometimes aggressively. I spoke out um, first in November, actually it was on social media first, uh, but same time I was already gung-ho, I was put on investigation, I didn't know why, and I still went to the protests and founded Nurses Against Lockdowns um, because I had enough. And um, I couldn't stay quiet anymore because it was really detrimental to my health. <laughs> um, so what happened is that I got fired from my first job. I also got fired from my second job. And then we were defamed on national TV in Canada and um, on the news in Canada and the States. When we went uh, to speak in Washington, we were told uh, we were called 
domestic terrorists and conspiracy theorists. Um, a lot of threats came after that. Um, some people are looking for my address. We are being investigated by the College of Nurses. I had the RCMPs knock at my door. Lockdowns, the closure of business, you know, that's increased the life years lost by 1,000%. I mean, what do we have to wait for here until half the population is dead before public health says, hey, we made a mistake? Are they being controlled by the political you know, uh, influences, are they working in tandem with that? I mean, is the WHO calling the shots here in our country? We're presenting the medical data here. I mean, what, what, I, what I think about politics is irrelevant. Over the last week, I've had a few groups and even a very close friend of mine ask me to take down my COVID PCR testing video. Hello everyone. This is probably going to be my last talk about the uh, COVID-19 crisis. I'm walking into this war zone. Our ICUs are empty. I'm scared to go to my own place of work. There's no patients, but we have people in hazmat suits checking my temperature as I walk through the doors. He's like, something else is going on here. This is not about science, and it's not even about COVID. When they use the word safe, the word safe, if you listen to the word safe, that's about controlling you. To my shock and dismay, the previous video I published on December 22nd about ivermectin was taken down by YouTube. But because I think this information is important, I'm again publishing a video about ivermectin. I mean, if you're not, you're not uh, with the, uh, you know, the propaganda side of this thing, you're gonna be censored. And people should be aware when they see this degree of censoring at all, you know, platforms across the internet, just about, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. When they see that even the, you know, passport in the United States can't put out, have a Twitter account, people should, we see red flags all over the place. I was the lead author in that paper, but we had dozens of authors from Italy, uh, India, UCLA, Emory. We had the best uh, institutions in the United States. I can tell you the interesting thing was there was 50,000 papers in the peer-reviewed literature on COVID. Not a single one told a doctor how to treat it. Not a single one. When does that happen? I was absolutely stunned. And when this paper was published in the American Journal of Medicine, it became a lightning rod. Oh my gosh, it became the most cited paper in basically all of medicine at that time. I made a YouTube video with four slides from the paper. This is a peer-reviewed paper published in one of the best medical journals in the world. Four slides. It went absolutely viral. And within about a week, YouTube said, you violated the terms of the, of the um, uh, community. This is important scientific information to help patients in the middle of this crisis, and social media is striking it down based on what authority. YouTube itself, in a statement from April 2020, says, we quickly remove flagged content that violates our community guidelines, including content that explicitly disputes the efficacy of local health authorities, meaning they don't review the video's validity at all. It's a strict rule that's followed without forethought. They have taken away the viewer's right to decide if the content has merit. Not only that, but they are robbing you of using a public forum for exactly that. It's not public. It's only free to use for anyone who says what they think is correct. Big tech and big government are not the same entities, but there is growing evidence that they are certainly working towards a common goal to ensure that citizens can only view or upload items that fit with the preferred ideology. In 1950, 
President Harry Truman made this statement to his Congress. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. No one is immune to fear, but it's the brave who fight back. It's having the courage to say, not in my country. That will be recorded in the history books. Once again, I want to reiterate to everyone watching that you certainly do not need to agree with my opinion on everything. In fact, only a fool wishes to never be disagreed with. But I am asking you to consider the reality of censorship. It's happening right now, all around you, in almost every area of your life. Yes, here in Canada. And the worst part is, it's subtle, it's quiet, it's sneaky. If we don't say enough is enough, who will? You are smart. You have the right to information and truth. You have the right to make up your own mind. You have the right to true freedom. Claim back your authority. And if you ever get discouraged in this process, remember, we are the many. They are the few. By they, I'm talking about those in public office or Big Brother or whomever is controlling the public narrative. They are curtailing what you see and hear so that you don't question things. You know, a brilliant proverb of old says the first person you hear always seems right until you listen to the second. Here's my challenge to you today. Start listening, really listening to those who confront your current opinions. Welcome disagreement. Embrace the concept of idea exchange. Enjoy the opportunity to possibly expand your knowledge base. Don't be blindly led to believe anything. Some of these people who have been painted as villains just might be worth listening to. Cancel culture rarely gets it right. Do your own research. So I'll ask you again, what makes a country great? I can't speak for you, but I'm so proud to be Canadian. And I don't ever want to lose that. Let's be brave enough to genuinely listen to one another and to hear truth and have an honest conversation about things that really matter. Mr. Nice Guy never made a dent in history or changed anyone's mind on the things that mattered. Let's all have the guts to return to reason. Nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs>